Good evening, good evening. How y'all doing? Why don't we give it up for this team? They rock it out, don't they? I'll tell you, I love, I love the worship here at, at Resurrection Life Church. If you love the worship, why don't you give me a hoorah? <laughs> wow, we got a lively one. Usually Wednesday nights are kind of calm. I like this crowd. Um, what, I, what I really appreciate about it is, you know, Sundays and even uh, I'm the... Um, young adult pastor called Access. We have, you know, the drum. Doo, 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 doo. We have the electric car. You know, they're rocking it out. Um, but I love the simplicity of the worship that we have here, don't you? Just the piano, and we get to just sit and rest in the simplicity that there is, because although we, I love the music, I love the, the skill and the talent that they have, there's something powerful just about stripping it all down and just putting our focus on him, amen? So... So as I mentioned, I'm the young adult pastor uh, here at Res Life, and usually when I speak, think this is Monty. He's a man. Give it up for Monty. Yeah. So I've noticed something um, throughout my, my my years. Oh, I mean, I haven't even been here a year. So um, is that women are much more spiritual than men? Anyone? Yeah, that's right. Guys just kind of don't get it sometimes. Women are always like, you know, in our office, we have uh, myself, and we have a guy, um, a guy named Nick who works with us, and we have Tiffany, who's our worship leader, and we'll have a meeting, and, and Nick and I just want to get right into it. You know, we're like, hey, let's go over this. And Tiffany's like, you guys, we need to pray. We need to pray. And then when I give up to speak on Thursday nights, usually um, I'll get a text right in the beginning, and it's my wife. And she'll always say, remember to pray. Because <laughs> I always forget to pray because I'm so, so like ready to go, ready to go, ready to deliver the word, ready to, ready to go. And she's like, Jake, you need to pray. Because I tell you what, you don't, want, you don't want what I got. All I can deliver to you is selfishness from my flesh. But when I surrender, and that's what I'm going to do when I pray, I'm going to pray that God has his way here. It's his words, not mine. So why don't you pray with me? God, I pray that, that you have control over this service. I pray that you, that you deliver the, the word of God the only the way that you can, God. So I submit myself to you. I submit these words to you, God, so that Holy Spirit, you can teach us what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Um, I'm going to be delivering a message or a word tonight, and the title of it is called inertia. And inertia is a scientific term, um, and the definition, I'll share the definition of inertia with you here. It's a property of matter by which it, matter, continues in its existing state of rest or uniform motion in a straight line unless that state is changed by an external force. So this is also um, one of Newton's law, basically explaining that something matter, matter is everything that's made up that we can yeah, matter. So it'll move in a straight line, it'll continue in a straight line, or it will continue resting unless it's acted on by an outside or an external force. I have a video that kind of explains it better than I can. Take a look at this. This is an air track. When the pump's running, air comes out of these little holes. And it can support the weight of a scooter, like this one. Now, when I place the scooter on the track and let go of it, it just sits there. It doesn't move unless I give it a push. Then it keeps moving unless I give it another push. Or it hits the end of the track. Or maybe 
Another scooter. Another scooter. Another scooter. Now here's the thing. If we had enough track and enough air, the scooters would keep scooting forever. There'd be nothing to slow them down. Well, hardly anything. So when something's at rest or sitting still, it stays sitting still unless acted on by an outside force. And when something's moving, it keeps moving unless acted on by an outside force. Outside force. Outside force. This is true of everything that you can touch and see. As you may know, inertia is a property of matter. Inertia is a property of matter. Y'all know who Bill Nye is? I love, I grew up with Bill Nye. He was my science teacher growing up. All those, te- I did it too. I went to school to be elementary school. When I teach a science lesson, I always look up the Bill Nye video because he always has a great way of explaining it. So basically, like, like he was explaining there, that was a little bit hard to hear, but something will continue in motion unless acted on by an outside force or something will stay at rest unless acted on by an outside force. So this water bottle will stay at rest forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever unless acted on by an outside force, like my foot. Make sense? And so this definition of inertia, I'm I'm trying to relate it to our lives. So what is it in our lives that are external forces? What are the things in our lives that change our demeanor of rest or change our condition of motion forward? What are the things in our lives that are shaking us that are, that are shifting our emotions, that are making us happy, making us sad, making us high, making us low, bringing us to the mountaintop, bringing us to the valley. What are the things in our lives? Are they family members? Are they our, our jobs, relationships, sports? <laughs> the things that are shifting our state of being. So some, cause sometimes we can be, in, 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 how, how are you doing? Oh, right. Today I'm doing phenomenal. My day is going great. Every, all the external forces are going my way. And then something happens and then our, our state of being shifts. You ask, how's your day going? Eh, it's not so good. And what I believe is that there are two things. This is just what I've observed and, and how I reflect on my own life. There are two things that make up or two things that contribute to what is an external force in our life. So there are two things that make up what we allow to influence us in our lives. The first thing is attention. Attention. I have a verse, Matthew 6, 21 through 23. It says, for, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? This verse is is very packed full of truth, but one truth that's found in here is that what you put your attention on, you will become. If you put your attention on light, if you put your attention on on truth, your whole body will be filled with truth. If you put your attention on darkness, your whole body will be full of darkness. So where is our attention? There's There's a lot going on in this world. Anyone? Anyone? 
so especially for, 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 for me growing up and, and being in the, the young people and being in the millennials and in Facebook and social media and all this, all this craziness going on, there's so much fighting for my attention. There's so much fighting for your attention. If I go on Facebook, I got like 25 notifications that all mean nothing to me, but I have to look through them just in case there's one that means something to me. So I got 25 notifications. I got messages. I go on Instagram. Then you go to the news and you have all these things going on in the news and the world's going to end because so-and-so is in the president. And then you have all this stuff going on, all, this, all these things, all these external forces that are fighting for our attention. There's so much going on that we don't even realize it. But it's the, it, there are the things that we put our attention on because there's so much going on. The things that we put our attention on are the things that we allow to influence our state of being. So much going on. Everything is fighting for our attention. I have a video for us, another video. This one's a little clearer. I'm gonna show you something that's not completely legal. to notice all the things that have changed since the scene began. Action. I'm going to show you something that's not completely legal. Go! Where? While we held your attention on the money, the table turned to a stool. Go! Apollo magically got a new hat and handkerchief and all the posters and cards in the background changed. Your brain just played a trick on you. We all think we're paying close attention to the world around us. But strange as it may sound, this is just an illusion. Go! Misdirection is an elegant form of attention control. Our brains only allow us to really focus on one thing at a time. So when we have you deciphering a mystery down here, Another mystery can be happening back here. So, did you miss the eight things that changed throughout the scene? Don't feel bad if you were fooled. Anybody, did anybody even catch those things? No way. Because I think there's a statement that he said in there that's pretty, that's pretty accurate. We're only able to actually focus on one thing at a time. So it's so important that what we put our attention on is something that's positive and that's something that's going to bring life to us. Because even though there might be so many good things happening, how many times have you been in a service at church and the worship is just phenomenal, the, word, the, the preaching was just phenomenal, and then, you, and then you talk to someone who was in the same service that you were in and they were like, you're like, how was it? Didn't you, did, wasn't it so good? And they're like, oh, I didn't, re I didn't really get much out of that. But you're like, are you, are you kidding me? That changed my life. That, that, that worship set changed my life. No, I, I, I just... I didn't really get any, because what we put our attention on, if we're putting our attention on, oh, that, that light's flickering over there. I can't, oh, I can't really focus on that lights. Oh, oh man, that, that, 
I don't really like that, that guy's shirt up there. See, what we're putting our attention on is what's going to influence us. I think it's pretty, it's, it's, it, that, can be, that can be common sense. A little funny, a funny example that I can give is how something, so I, I love Michigan, okay, U of M. We got any U of M fans? Yeah. And so because I'm a Michigan fan, I watch Michigan football. And because I give them some of my attention, that my attention that I give them allows their, the outcome of the game to influence uh, my happiness at times. <laughs> So when Michigan played Ohio State and it was so close and I gave them all of my attention and then they lost on the final play of the game, it influenced my state of being because I gave them my attention. And, and, and the same thing can be true for the things that are happening in our lives, the, the external forces, the things that are happening to us. We have to choose what we're going to give our attention to. It's like a transaction. We have our attention and we can give our attention to anything. Attention is yours. It's our thoughts. Take every thought captive. So if we want to decrease so that we, these external forces, that these things that are influencing us and changing our state of being, if we want to, if we want to change that or, 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 or make them become less influential in our lives, one thing that we can do is take our attention off those things and place them on something else. So a question that I have is, what are the external forces in your life? What are the things that are affecting your life? What are the things that are affecting my life? And examine and evaluate how much attention, thought life, are we giving these things? I know we're human. I'm not, I'm not calling us to be perfect. I'm calling us to evaluate our thought life and what we're giving our attention to and to really bring it to God and say, is this what you want me to put my attention on? The second thing that contributes to an external force is expectation. What we expect from someone or something. So the amount of which you expect something from someone is the amount of influence that person will have over the direction of your life, your emotions, your happiness. So our expectations of other people or of things determines the authority or the influence that they have. It determines if they're going to be able to influence, to be an external force, to change our state of rest or to change our state of motion is what we expect from something or someone. I have a verse to share from uh, Luke 6, 34 through 36. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful." So sometimes we expect to get things from this world. We expect to get happiness, contentment from relationships. For, for, for a lot of people, it's like, if I only could get married, if I only could have, if I only could have a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend, if I can only have that job, if I can only make that much amount of money, then I would be happy. See, we expect from our jobs, we expect from our spouses something that was never supposed to be expected from them. 
which was to determine our happiness. Because when we place the expectation of our happiness on someone else, we're setting them up to fail. People were never, were never supposed to make us happy. People were never supposed to be our reason for living. Now are people a part of our life? Most definitely. Did God, did God create us to be relational beings and to have community and in relationship with each other? Definitely. He wired us for that. But it was never meant to be something that determined our happiness and our, and our state of being. So I got, I got married. My first year anniversary was April 1, which is like four days ago. So I've been married for one year. I was just waiting for you guys to applaud me, so. Um, and so on, on my wedding day, I, I, in my vows, I still remember the last part of my vows. I, I wrote my own vows. Abby, my wife, wrote her own vows. And although I, I said these vows and I meant them, I, I don't always live up to them because they're pretty lofty, but I set high goals because I never want to set low goals and always only reach the low goal. I set high. I set it to Jesus' standard. And this is, what I, this is what I said to her in my vows. I said, Abby, you owe me nothing from this point on except to receive the love of God from me. I'll say it again. I said, Abby, you owe me nothing. You don't owe me a good day. You don't owe me a compliment. You don't owe me anything except to receive the love of God from me meaning the love of God that I receive from, from my father, I give to you freely, expecting nothing in return. Because isn't that God's love for us? He says, I've given you my son. I've given you everything. I've given you my grace. You don't have to earn it. It's a free gift. It's a free gift to you. Receive it all, all of it. The abundance I give to you and I expect nothing in return except for you to receive it. Because when, you rece when we receive God's love, it changes us. Amen? Because his love is so, it's so good, it's so powerful. When we truly sit back and receive it and we stop trying to earn it. When we stop trying to earn God's love is when we start to really, really change on the inside. Because a lot of us think we have, to, we have to come to church to receive God's love. We have, to re, we have to do all these things. Are those things important? Are those things vital to our Christian walk and to our maturing? Definitely, but they're not a requirement to receive and live in God's love. And so I said, Abby, you owe me nothing but to receive God's love from me. So I, la I, I released my wife of the expectation of her having to be my all and everything. And when I did that, I released her and I allowed God to be my everything while I never expect anything from anyone else. And now am I imperfect? I am so imperfect. <laughs> Do I live and walk in that every single day? Most definitely not. But when, in the times, I'll, I'll give you an example. So there was one time that my wife and I were in an argument. Yes, we've got an argument in our first year of marriage. <laughs> and I remember laying in bed, and it was one of those things, we have a queen-sized bed, so we're still pretty close. And um, I'm laying in bed, and we're both just sitting like this. Don't act like you've never been there before. Come on, I've seen some of you <laughs> just sitting there like, I'm so angry right now. Just sitting in silence. 
And then God brought me, because I was angry at her. I, did, I, I, probably did, I don't remember what I did. I probably did something stupid though. Because um, remember, guys are so unspiritual. Women are just so spiritual. So it's definitely my fault. And then God brought me back to my vows that I made. And he said, you, and he said Jake, remember what you promised her. You promised her that she didn't owe you anything. She didn't owe you a good day. She, didn't owe you, she doesn't owe you a positive attitude. She doesn't owe you anything. And then he actually spoke something into my heart. He spoke something into my mind. He said, Jake, and it was, it was unreal because I started to weep actually in bed. It was a really funny moment because he said, Jake, you have no idea how much she really loves you. In that moment, I didn't feel loved by her. I actually felt hated by her, but he, he spoke to me and said, you have no idea how much she loves you. And in the moment, I started laughing in bed. We're arguing, and you know what? When you're in an argument and some, the other, your spouse laughs, it's usually not a good sign. <laughs> She's like, why are you laughing? And I'm like, no, it's a good thing. I'm not mad, I'm not mad. And I told her what God spoke to my heart and it totally shifted everything because my expectation came off of her and it, and it was placed onto God, the only place it was supposed to be in the first place. Does that make sense? So in the moments that these external forces are hitting us, we have to take a step back and, and really connect with God and seeing what he's saying about a situation, see what he wants to teach us in a moment. So what I'm not saying is I'm not saying that we should, when we expect nothing from anyone, I'm not saying we're, we should be pessimistic. I'm not saying that we should expect nothing from anyone, expect the worst from everyone. It's quite the opposite. We should expect the most or expect so much from everyone, but not be devastated when they don't follow through. This wheel's really broken. Let me still make it work. Can you guys see this okay? Um, so attention and expectation. When these two things combine, we really get a full picture of what, of what, um, how the external forces can influence our lives. So this is, a, this is a, a graph that I made. It's not a mathematical graph. I just made it up, so bear with me. So this, this uh, axis we'll call attitude for A, and this axis we'll call expectation. So when we combine the two, we get the amount of influence that that, that thing or that person, that external force will have on our lives. So... For example, we, we'll multiply the axes. So if this is 10, and uh, I'm just making this up as I go. So 10 and 10. So if we have a, if, if our attention, if we're putting a lot of attention, a lot of mental capacity on something, but it's, we really don't expect that much from it. This might be like a TV show. This might be like a Netflix binge watching session if you're, if you're younger, watching uh, or watching the news or watching TV. We're giving our attention on something, but we're really not expecting that much from it. Um, that influence is not going to be that great because it's just kind of mindless, mindless watching. If we expect or if we um, put a lot of attention on something and we, and we expect something from it, so let's say it's like a seven and a, and a six. I'm just, this is crazy. Like a 42. 
So obviously the higher, like a 42% influence or the, the greater capacity, the greater influence it has on you. And, and if you put all of your attention on something and then you expect everything from it, this might be your job, this might be our jobs, this might be our, our relationships, where you put all of our attention on something that's external and everything, our whole life is based on, on this, it's our kids, it's, it's, our, it's, our, it's our kids, it's our, it's our wives, where all of our attention, all of our expectation is based on what this person or this thing does. And if they let me down, my whole world's gonna come crashing down. That's how much influence these external forces have. It's, it's our attention versus our expectation. So how much attention, how much expectation we have on something. And so what do we do with these things though, these external forces? And, and this is what I wanna propose. This is the most important part of, of what I wanna talk to you about tonight. Is how to replace external forces, these things in our lives, and put them in their correct position. Because the things that, that often, the things that often um, influence us or affect our emotional state of being and affect us and get us angry or get us upset, get us depressed, those things, anything that causes us anxiety, um, depression, what that means is that thing has been placed in a higher priority than God has in our lives. And this happens to all of us, it happens quite often, to where we place things above God, we place our attention more on this than we do God, we place our expectation more on this than we do on God. And so a, a lot of people, a lot of us when, we, when we're living our, our Christian life and, we're, and we're, we're living for God, sometimes we'll give him a lot of our attention. We'll give him a lot of our attention. Our attention will be like a nine but we really don't expect that much. For, we, we really don't have that much faith in what God can really do for us. We just know that we're supposed to continue to do the things, but we really don't expect that much. His influence isn't gonna be that great in our lives. Or let's say someone has so much expectation from God. They say, God, I need you to come through for me. God, I need you to do this for me. God, I need you to come through in this situation. They have so much expectation of what God can do, but they give him zero attention not much influence in our lives. So it's the combination of, of shifting our attention from the external force to the eternal force. So it's shifting our attention from the things that are causing us to, to, to feel anxious, shifting our attention from that to our eternal force, which is God. Shifting our attention. I have a verse that I want to share with you before I close. Ephesians 6, 33 through 34. It says, but seek first the kingdom, of his, the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry, will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Unhealthy forms of worry occur when we place anything above the kingdom. So I have a question. What does it mean to seek first the kingdom of God? Like seek first. This is, this is something that, that I always used to think of. So we're seeking first the kingdom. So we just, we, uh, we'll seek God first. And then the next priority in our life might be um, our wife or our spouse. I'll put spouse on here. Because not all of us are men in here. Might be our spouse. Might be our family. Number three. 
Number four might be um, our job. Five might be friends. So we have this list of, of, of priorities in our lives where seeking first the kingdom means seeking God first and then I can seek my spouse and then I can family and then I can spend time on all these other things. I want to offer a different explanation of what it means to seek first the kingdom of God. Because I believe that it's, it's the interaction between seeking first the kingdom and our attention and expectation. Because when we seek first the kingdom, our attention's on the kingdom. When we seek first the kingdom, our expectation is on kingdom, it's on God. When we seek God first, we're putting our attention on him. So instead of, instead of seeking first the kingdom being a list of priorities, meaning, fam, or meaning God, spouse, family, job, friends, I want to offer a different way of thinking, which is, Number one, we always seek God first. Above anything else, above everything else, we always seek God first because in our lives, when our lives are in ruin or often most times is because we're not seeking God first. We're not seeking him with our whole heart. We're not giving him our attention. Number two, we seek God first with our, with our marriage. And then number three, we seek God first with our family. And then number four, we seek God, how God would seek his job and how God would live, would like you to live on your job. And then we seek God, we seek God with how we treat and how we live with our friends. It's not a list of priorities that we, that we, that we categorize them in. No, it's we seek God first in every area of our lives. It's not a checklist that I, I, I prayed this morning, I read my Bible and I'm good for my day. I, I sought God first. It's seeking him in every area of our lives first. That means before we go into work, we, we check and we say, God, I thank, you. I thank you, God, that you're with me today as I go into work. God, help me. Help me to keep my attention on you and my expectation on you. So God, that you can use me to influence my coworkers. Before I go into the grocery store, God, I pray that you, that you just highlight people so that I can share the love of God. Help me to, to just to, to love the, the, cash, the cashier so well so that they'll know that God loves them. When, I, when I'm with my wife, God, I don't expect anything from her. I love her and I don't want to hold her to a standard that she's not able to meet. So I'm seeking God first in every area. I'm putting my attention on God first. I'm putting my expectation on him because he's faithful to follow through. I promise you that. He's faithful to follow through. So another question that I have for us is to reflect and say, what are those external forces? What are those things that are moving us away from our rest or moving us in an influencing our state of being, our emotional state of being? What are those things? What are those external forces? And to ask ourselves, are they in a, are they in a incorrect priority in my life? Have I placed, have I placed my job above where God is in my life? Because if we have, we have to correct that priority. We have to seek God first. And it, and it looks so, it seems so out there and it seems so impossible, but I promise if we would just, if we would just focus our attention on him and allow him to give us the power, then I promise we can do it. And our life will start ordering itself once we seek first the kingdom and we stop seeking our own benefit. So what are those things and what does it look like for us to seek God first in every area of our life?
Because here's what happens. External forces have the ability to change our situation or circumstance, therefore influencing our state of being. But the eternal force, God, has the ability to influence our state of being, giving us a new perspective, therefore giving us authority over our situations and circumstances. See, our external forces will always influence us and change our state of being. God wants to change our state of being so we can influence our circumstances. Amen? And so um, I'm going I'm, I'm to pray. If you'll just bow your head with me. Bow your heads and close your eyes. God, I thank you for this time. God, we just want to seek you first. God, we just want to see your kingdom here on earth, God. And your kingdom comes through your people. You've chosen, the avenue in which you've chosen to reveal your kingdom is through your people. So God, I pray you highlight those areas in our lives that are in the the incorrect priority. God, reveal those not in a condemning way, but in a loving way, God, that you show us how to live, show us how to be and live with you being first in our lives in every area. God, show us what it looks like to seek first the kingdom to seek your kingdom first, God, to live for you. If, if you're here and you've, if you're here and you haven't been living for God, you've never lived for God, and you say, I, I've been living for myself. I've just been living for myself. How to be the most happy, how, 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 to, how to be the most successful I've been living for myself and I've never, I've never given my life to God. I've never said, God, I give my life to you and I trust you because God will never force his way on people because God sent his son Jesus so that we could have a relationship back with God, so that we could have a, a personal connection with the God of the universe. It's through Jesus Christ and believing in what he did if you've never received, if you've never believed and never said, I'm gonna follow God, I'm gonna believe in Jesus. If you've never done that, we don't wanna leave today without giving you an opportunity. So on the count of three, raise your hand with me, please, if you've never made that decision. One, two, three, raise your hand. Awesome. I'm gonna pray as we, as we close here. God, I thank you for Everyone here, I thank you for the call that you have on each one of our lives, God. I thank you that you love us so much that your grace is sufficient for us. I thank you that you, God, are empowering us and showing us what it looks like to be in relationship with you and what it looks like to seek you first in every area of our lives. God, I pray that we would be a people of integrity. I pray that we would be a people who love the world well, love people in the world well, that they would see that we have a different kind of love, that we have a different kind of sight, that we don't see people for who they are, but we see them the way that God sees them. I pray that we would be a people who would always hope the best, that we would be a people who always seek your way first in every area of our lives. 
I thank you for your power, God. I thank you for your love that's so evident in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, guys. All right. Well, as we, before we go, we've just got a couple of announcements I want to make sure you're aware of. And I folded this the wrong way. Uh, next Wednesday service, Bernie, Pastor Bernie will be back and uh, he will be speaking. So don't, uh, don't miss that out. And then Walking by Faith wants to make sure that uh, you guys know. Does everyone know what Walking by Faith is, by the way? Walking by Faith is the television program from... from right here at Res Life. And Walking by Faith is having a, um, a gala, a fundraiser, and they're having Kirk Cousins. How many of you guys know who Kirk Cousins is? All right. He is a famous, is he a quarterback? He's a football player for sure. Um, but uh, he's famous if you follow that stuff. I still haven't learned very well how to enjoy sports by watching someone else do it. I'm, I'm always like, I paid to sit and watch? I wanted to go do part of it. Um, but... He, he's apparently a very, very good speaker, and there's uh, information on the Walking by Faith website if you'd like to go. It's the 24th, or no, excuse me, it's not the 24th, the 20th of April. Um, and then uh, April 26th, another thing, um, how many of you guys sometimes have questions? How many of you guys never ask questions? All right, so the 26th, we're actually gonna have a service which will be driven entirely by your questions. So if you have a question, you always want it answered, especially if you have a question you did not dare ask, but you really wanted an answer. Now's your chance. We have a number, are they gonna put that on the screen? There it is, uh, 616-805-9022. So punch that in your phone right now and you know, save it as contact questions or something like that. And then send us in your questions. We want to get those sooner rather than later um, so that we can look them over and make sure that we compile all the scriptures to answer your questions. Um, it's not necessarily a game of stump the pastor, but it could be. So um, throw those in there. We wanna do our best to get answers and find out exactly um, what, you're, what you want to know. I just had a, a conversation with a pastor earlier today who, and we were actually discussing the very thing of, you know, it doesn't help much if you come up and give people an answer to a question they never asked. And so we want to make sure that we are using the scriptures to find the questions to the answers that or the answers to the questions that you actually have. So please send those in and uh, we will have a really interesting service. My hope, you want to know what I'm hoping for? I hope you ask so many awesome questions that we do it more than one week. That's what I would like to see. So get in there. Give us some good questions, some sincere questions, and, um, and we will have an awesome service and possibly services. So thank you guys so much for coming. Uh, go on out there. Meet some people on your way out. Grab a little drink or something and talk to somebody. Introduce yourself. Um, see if you can remember the name from a previous week. And if not, memorize the name this week. You can remember next week. And uh, we'll see you guys on Sunday or next Wednesday. <laughs>